one. Investors were looking for a good CPI number, and they got it. PPI today, more of the same. We'll see that in about 29 minutes. Delta, right up to earnings, and they deliver. Trading up a buck and a half. We'll talk about Pepsi and Fastenal. We'll talk options at 8.15 with CC Legator. And this is pre-market prep on a Thursday. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Morning, traders and investors. We're starting out in the green. 17 handles, 24.50, straight up since that 6 p.m. open. If I told you where the daily resistance was, folks, you would fall off your chairs. The buck is under par, down 28 cents at 99.91. Bonds on a couple-day rally, up 8.30 seconds at 126 and 132nd. Crude flat, 75.77. Gold, hey, inflation down, gold up, go figure. Gold up 290, 1964.60. Silver, big day yesterday, tacking on another 18 cents at 24.30. Bitcoin futures, they're up $325 at $30,720. Let's get to the market dynamics. And Dennis, Dennis, you got to come on and you got to tell me, are there you're looking at a lot of stocks and anything, everything. Are there any offers out there? Is anyone <laughs> offering stock for sale? Because a quick story, when I'm back in the pit days, so, you know, the market would be going up a strong day and there were some locals that came in late and they'd want to get long and they'd say, offer, offer. And then someone would go 50 and a quarter, buy them. That's what this market is. I mean, just kind offers of. are just getting lifted. What are you seeing out there? Uh, same thing. We actually just had a merger announcement here right before the show started. So at 8 o'clock, your ExxonMobil oh, announcing that they are acquiring Denberry, D-E-N, Den, nice, and a $4.9 billion deal, $89.45 per share. I don't have the details here, Mitch. I didn't go open them up here yet. But it sounds like um, it's eighty nine. Yeah, not much of a premium here. So eighty nine forty five. Correct there. Yeah, Correct. interesting. It's trading up to eighty eight fifty. There's not much of a premium here whatsoever. Oh, so oh, maybe oh. that's telling you that there's just not a lot of you know cool action here. But den eighty eight dollars and fifty cents. So it's trading up seventy five cents. If you own den, you're probably very disappointed with lack of a premium there i mean they're talking about you know one and a half percent premium over the close that's pretty disappointing yeah it's also well, stating that denberry shareholders will receive 0.84 uh shares of exxon mobil for each denberry share uh just 0.84 kind of, so it's actually yeah. going to be um a, a stock so we, that's nice it's so that's an nice all stock we, all we love those from a risk arbitrage perspective. It gives us stuff to trade. So the cash deals, you know, it's just over the trade. 
This is stock deal, so that's good. Give me the ratio here again. It's going to be Denberry shareholders will receive 0.84 shares of ExxonMobil for each Denberry share. 0.84. So we'll follow ExxonMobil and we'll follow Denberry off of this. That's very interesting that we get just a lack of a premium here, though, Joel. What are your thoughts? I mean, you, know my you get a merger. And Elgo read nine, they're like me. I'm like, well, it can't be 88, right? Because that's right where it's at. Did so it tick El- up to 98? Yeah. No, I got to look. I'm going to look at the tape. Whoops. Maybe that's a mistake. That's got to be a mistake. Hang on. No, it's uh-huh. not. Oh, my gosh. What? Some. <laughs> What algo is reading that? I don't know. 280 shares have bought up there. I'm just looking at the tape here right now. Just pissing money away there. I mean, we talk about the algos and you know, and you can see it's all on the headline, so I highly doubt that's a human. What exact time was the release? Let's just see. It was at eight oh oh. We're going to go on luck here right now. Yeah, 800. 800. Okay, so these trades actually happened slightly after it here. I'm just trying to grab it here. Oh, I got yeah, it. 801. Okay. Was, uh, I just pulled up the one minute here. Just hang on. Um, I'm, I'm grabbing my ticker. Okay, okay. we're going to go look at the actual <laughs> trade. So at 8000, it traded up to 8947, 8950, 8950, and then 03. So all these happened three seconds after. Not a lot of humans responding in three seconds, but maybe there's a human that really went oops. It could have been a human. (laughs) Three seconds later, it's possible. I'm just trying to think, what are they thinking? So they must just announce, they see, you know what it is? The headline from business, from the wire. Just reads ExxonMobil announces acquisition of Denberry. So, I mean, you've got to go and open it up to see the 89.45 price. But wow, I mean, I'm shocked, you know, that somebody is, pays up nine, $10 just on the headline, assuming it's a lot higher the price. Massive disappointment. Somebody threw away 10 points. 10 points. Uh, not, I don't know how big of a deal this is. ExxonMobil got hit. Bit, but it, it it's uh it's basically flat good resistance at 108 if we go into rally mode here i see a trio of highs uh flanking that 108 area but you know what does you know what the first thing that popped into my mind when you when you said that yeah. it's stock i immediately went to pxd i thought that too you know it's funny i, I thought the exact same thing that's um, right like i pulled up well, there was rumors that Exxon was going to buy PXD. So, hmm. and I'm long PXD, full disclosure. Um, it's actually back to where I bought it, just around there. Two, two, well, 217 is a little higher than I paid, but basically same price. Um, does that kill those rumors? We'll have I don't to see. Know. Does that it like didn't put go down? To, it didn't you know, go it, down. It didn't it, go it down. Didn't, it hasn't went down. It's actually going up on it. So maybe they think there's going to be more MA action because of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, PXD is a target. There's no doubt. So you can read this two ways. One, maybe ExxonMobil was a fly in here. That's why I'm going like that. Damn flies. But um, <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to trade here, and I got like my hands getting hit and landed by a fly. Dennis so. has it all. I know. I got the kid with a fly spotter. I pay him fifty cents if he gets a fly. So I'll bring him in here. He's a capitalist. Um, I, I'm torn here. <laughs> Because one, it takes maybe ExxonMobil out of the running for a stock like PXD, but 
if you start seeing M&A action happen here, maybe, just maybe other people think, ooh. Because PXD, I would say, is a target for some of these. That's so the I, main reason that I was in that one is I think it's a target. I want to do a quick address into the chat. They were asking if I was still short XOM. No, I covered some at the 102 area just because I was waiting for that break. But I was like, we've been down here three times. I have to take some profits. It started coming back. And then with the recent mention uh, from the EIA, immediately I switched on that because they were stating $78 of crude um, for July and in the 80s for the rest of the year. That's not what I want to see. If I want to be short oil, I want to see oil back down in the 60s and going into the 50s. Yeah, that 102 was a great level. I remember talking about it that mm-hmm. day. You it's know, important. some levels are good, you know, for like at least the first time, you know, a bounce. And you'd been down there three, four times. And yeah, uh, after that fourth try, yeah, it's, probably, yeah, yeah. it's probably coming back to resistance. And that's what I thought. And just as quickly, four days back to resistance. All right, Delta. Delta's flying here up near the $50 level. Clear for takeoff. Let's go. A Delta <laughs> Airlines Q2 EPS $2.68 beat $2.39 estimate. Operating revenues at $15.6 billion. Um, they raised fiscal year EPS guidance to $6 to $7 versus a $6.15 estimate. Delta Airlines sees Q3 EPS at $2.20 to $2.20. 50 cents versus a $2.05 estimate. And of course, what was particularly strong in the earnings report was transatlantic travel. So definitely uh, people going to Europe. What can you think about a set 50 bucks on this one? Huge run up. You had tried to break out yesterday. You didn't. I just don't know what you've traded over 50. You've traded uh, to 50, 20. So be one of those. If you open 50 bid and you run up and then come back down to 50, I'm not sure where you would go as far as support goes. The top of yesterday's range was uh, was 49. Don't know if you'll get that low, but uh, let's see if the paper stacks up at 50. A lot of stock has already traded. A million shares have traded in the uh, in the pre-market. Triple D, what are you seeing out there? Well, I mean, this just proves once again, this is the market that prices in nothing. This is the most ignorant market I've ever seen. Just prices in, doesn't anticipate, doesn't anticipate. The people who say this market prices all information out six months don't know what they're talking about. This market prices in nothing. We all knew Delta was going to beat. Delta said they were going to beat. We knew Delta would have good guidance. We knew, like the guy's been on CNBC three times in the last month tooting his own horn how good they're doing i mean and now they beat and the stock goes up again it goes up into it because everybody knew they were going to beat and now it goes up again i mean it's just simplistic here i guess you just buy you know when you know you're gonna beat it it's like we all know you said it for the last two months we've just heard how good you're doing because he brags all the time on cnbc who's on there again this morning i mean we know delta's doing really well so, you know, you think, like, logically, it's run from 40 to 48 and because, this you know, the, the CEO has been telling how good they're doing. And then it comes out and beats, and it goes up more. So, I mean, again, the market that prices in absolutely nothing. This is just opportunities for humans. I mean, it's so algorithmic-driven. The market is so algorithmic-driven. The algos, you know, we're not at the AI level yet. They're just literally looking at headlines and looking beat 
beat raised by. We knew that was coming. He said that was coming. So is there, you know, a buy now and then, you know, maybe a, some selling? You would think, but, I mean, it's a good quarter. Delta's firing on all cylinders. I don't want to be short it because the thing's doing well. 50 is a logical stopping point for it. But if you, you know, I, I just can't, you know, think that there's going to be like, you know, this going to four or five dollars because this is new information. And this is an information that we knew. The stock is up 20% in the last month because Delta has been saying how well they are doing. So, again, I, just talking about this market, it prices in nothing. You know what? I still go back to Dennis and we got the alert really early in the year. And this is what got me a little bit excited. And I almost it was an almost unbelievable uh line that came from UAL remember they they gave this at the beginning of the year this was given on July on January 17th uh, they stated that they saw $10 to $12 on the EPS versus a $6.54 estimate this is when i started looking like man they see that much money being made this year yeah well maybe we're missing something that everybody else isn't thinking about UAL they we gave you the, about it at the forty-five dollars money, Mitch. Yeah, we were forty-five dollars. We were talking about this and saying, if this does anything, what they say they're going to be, it's trading four and a half times earnings. We talked about it. Go back to the shows from two months yeah. ago. We talked about this one, and you know, we we should maybe just bought all the airlines, you know, and just yeah. went with it because I, they told us they were the going to do well for a little while there, and they are doing well. Look at love. Can you believe that? That is the biggest. That has to be the biggest monthly move in June that thing has had to the upside. In, well, I guess back during COVID, it also. We, we talked about that one here, we too. Know we they're said doing well. The smallest amount it. of love could maybe get these laggards moving. Also, JetBlue moving up. I, I mean, th these were still opportunities. And uh, now they've definitely taken off. So it's going to be very hard to try to jump into this play. Yeah, you've but, missed it. You're jumping yeah. on that moving train. Maybe, you know, it's know. like I was talking, telling that story yesterday with the trader beside me that kept jumping on all the moving trains <laughs> and he kept falling under the <laughs> tracks and eventually <laughs> blows out his account. And I'm like, you got to be jumping on before the train leaves the station. That UAL was at the station in all of April, all of May, into June before it started finally breaking out in the second week of June. So, and we know that they've continued. Delta's the same story. They're all the same story. The Paris trade, the second week of June, it was green light go. It was that day that IWM actually broke out over 180. That's when the green light went on for all of this stuff. The value trade came back in the favor. And it's been going ever since. So, you know, it's hard to come in here now, but they're firing on all cylinders. There's absolutely no doubt. And sometimes you just got to take what the CEOs are saying at face value not read between the lines, not think, oh, they won't hit that. They say we're killing it and we're going to kill it. Maybe you just buy the stocks. All right. Well, we got our guest a little bit early today, of course, as we'll get PPI today reporting at 830. We'll also get initial jobless claims. So stay tuned, guys. We're going to see maybe some fireworks at 830. But we got our guest right now, guys. So smash the like. Let's get to it. All right, CC Legator from uh, ToolsOptionAI.com. He's the founder, and I don't know if you were listening before you came on, but Dennis was just talking about how this market prices in nothing. And you, I see you're talking point on this is 
it he's was, correct. What are you seeing out there? Yeah, it was a perfect segue, actually, to what we were you and I were talking about discussing today. So the last couple of times I've been on the show, you know, we've talked about how low vol got, how low implied volatility and options got, right? And a couple of weeks ago, it was multi-year lows, you know, like the VIX had a 12 handle, um, you know, weekly vol and SPY, I was seeing single digits. And what that did is it set up something very interesting for earnings season in which these uh, the vol going into these earnings announcements is, you know, in the expected moves that come, you know, like we talk about the expected moves and how options are pricing a move on these earnings events. They're basically at 15 year lows. And uh, Goldman put out a note the other day basically saying I wrote it down um, the you know, across the entire like I think it was S&P 500 was there study it's uh options are pricing about a 3.6 percent expected move for earnings across the board versus a 4.9 percent average over the last 15 years and so basically you know to dennis's point what you're seeing is that the options market is still kind of living you know three weeks ago when the after this you know spx went sideways for two and a half months right it's kind of living in the past and we're about to hit earnings season. You know, it started essentially today and it picks up tomorrow. And most of these options are not, um, you know, like I, I've written down tomorrow, we've got Wells Fargo and JP Morgan. JP Morgan options are pricing about a 2.4% move. Uh, JP Morgan's moved more than that in six out of their last eight earnings reports. Wow. Right? And Wells Fargo's the same. It's 3% expected move. It's moved five point, you know, five out of eight of its last moves uh, have been bigger than that. And typically what you would see in sort of a normal vol environment or a high vol environment, you know, like the VIX is 19 or VIX is 22 or something like that, is that 70% of stocks stay within their expected move or at or within their expected move right and so it's it's why people warn you you know don't own options into earnings because you've got to not only get the move correct the direction correct but you also have to get the magnitude of the move correct right and then the options collapse after the event this case it's it's a very strange setup in that you know, I was looking even forward to uh, Amazon is like a six point, you know, it doesn't report for a week and a half or two weeks or whatever. Yeah. And it's right now it's the options are pricing a 6.5% expected move. That includes like the week and a half leading up to earnings, you know, where any, you know, yeah. anything can happen. And Amazon has moved more than that in six out of their last eight earnings. Good right? stats. So it's it's like really kind of like a, a, a wild setup. Now that doesn't mean that um, the you know the options market tends to be self fulfilling. We're probably not going to see massive moves, right? Because vol's low. There's a lot of gamma in the market, but the chances of um, you know a stock staying within its expected move are much lower than they typically are. And what that means for you know traders like. A, you know, Delta, we were talking about Delta. That was a 3.7% expected move going into yeah. earnings. And what's it up for something? 3.9 now. So okay, now it's 3.9, but I think I saw it earlier, like 4.5. Yeah. Pepsi, I think is, you know, that was a 2% expected move. 
And I think to Dennis's point, or maybe it was Joel, you said about like the, where are the offers? My guess, my hunch is the outperformance on these options expected moves are going to be the, to the upside, right? And so that what that means as a trader, it doesn't necessarily mean go out and buy a bunch of calls in every stock that's about to report. But what it does mean is like if you own calls, if you own call spreads, if you own that sort of thing, normally you'd get very nervous going into an earnings event and you'd be like, you know, I don't want to hold those options through this earnings and watch it go from 70 vol to 45 vol the next morning. That risk is, a, is really mitigated right now, right? And so if you had like kind of, especially like, you know, you're looking out a month, you're playing one of these stocks that keeps running higher, you know, Delta would have been a great example, right? If you were playing a stock like that and you owned calls or call spreads or something like that, you probably didn't need to panic going into earnings and like, you know, clear that position. So it's a very interesting setup. Yeah, uh, and uh, and that's what we're seeing here too. And I actually made this argument funny last earnings season. I was making this argument because we're in this market where there's a lot of people who have missed the rally. Yeah. So when you get the dips on these stocks, a lot of times they get bought back in a few days. And when they rip, they continue to go. And you know, we were in a setup last earnings season was similar actually, where it seemed like dips were getting bought and, and the stocks beat. They were really popping. I made this argument. I was like. You could actually, if you were quant, just buy every single stock that reports, every single one. Right. And I think you'd make money because you're going to have some losers and some winners, but the winners really pop and the losers drop, but then some of them pop back. Tier. So there was probably an argument just be long every, and I'm wondering if it's not the same this earning season. I mean, well, to your so point, far, so good. To your point, Dennis, it's yeah. funny. The, the ones that went this morning, and obviously it's... <laughs> as small as of, of a sample, a sample size, size one could yeah. have, but Fastenal and ConAgra, they were down, you know, yeah. but they're not even close to what their expected moves were to the downside. Okay. Right. And so, and, but initially they were right. So I think it was like Fastenal initially dropped immediately got bought. I think it's yeah, been a it, few it, minutes it. since I looked at it. Right. So to your point, that's exactly what's happening on the downside. Right. Yeah. And so that's why my hunch is that the, you know, you see a 4% expected move, you get a 7% move. It's probably, that's probably going to happen more to the upside than to the downside. I think so too. So I think yeah. a bias into this earnings season, as long as, you know, the narrative doesn't change from the Fed or we don't get, you know, some from China or a or, or geo, you know, macro catalyst that takes the narrative away. Right. I think the bias should still remain to your point to the upside. So if you're buying yeah. options, I'd be leaning on calls instead of puts. And I think a lot of people are still thinking, oh, this NVIDIA, I'm going to buy puts because eventually going down. Yeah. I mean, oh. there's just so many people who have missed this rally. There yeah. are dip buyers beneath, and there isn't a lot of sellers. To Joel's point, when he opened the show, who's selling? Yep. So. Yeah, you, you would have to time that move very well. And, you know, it's something you don't hear me come on this show very often and talk about buying options, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, options in general, and anybody that works professionally and does lots of trades, they generally have a bias towards selling options, right? Uh, options generally are a little bit overpriced normally. Um, but this, yeah, this is one of those cases. And like, you know, you, you talk about the story stocks like NVIDIA and all, like absolutely, because what would normally be happening in a higher vol environment, let's say, you know, even an average vol environment, VIX 19, let's say, <coughs> excuse me, the 
um, a, a rip, like in one of those story stocks, like the AI stocks or any of these ones that we've seen go hockey stick in the last like month or two, their vol actually would be popping, right? Because what would happen is you have all of this like call, upside call buying and retail call buying and all, and the vol would actually go up. Like if, if you were making a move that fast to the upside, what's happening is with the, with the VIX 13 or 14 or whatever it is today, it's, it's sort of putting a governor on the ability for even the individual stocks vol to pop on the upside, which means you're not crazy if you're, if that's how you're playing in Nvidia right now, right? You're, you're buying a $5 call, you know, and I would say, you know, that means that like sort of the at the money stuff is really kind of dollar cheap. And you should start looking at that stuff too, you know, an at the money call. You don't need that stock to rip much higher to hit that break even. It all makes sense. Yeah, I think, you know, you're definitely giving uh, a lot of people some gold in the chat right there. If they don't understand what you just said, this is one of those interviews that you might want to listen back again after the show. So you can really understand the kind of strategy that CC is explaining here. There's multiple plays that he explained it. So for all you traders out there that are kind of new, and might have gotten just a little bit confused there. Definitely rewatch the interview. You guys will be able to jump on that. Now, CC, of course, um, one thing that I've been noticing is what about the VIX, right? Is the VIX just not what it was before? Because it just doesn't seem like it gets the lift here. Yeah. And so the VIX is, it's kind of interesting. It's two different dynamics. <coughs> Sorry, head cold. The the VIX is sort of like looking out basically like a month, right? On average, it's sort of like this rolling window and you're kind of seeing like 30 day IV, right? There is not like a ton on the calendar other than individual like idiosyncratic stock moves on the, you know, on the horizon, right? For the next like 30 days. And wait, well, I mean, we've got the Fed and all, but everybody kind of knows what's going on at this point. And so the VIX is, you know, kind of looking out 30 days. What became really fascinating in the last month or so was the near term, like weekly vol in like SPY and QQQ got so low. And part of, you know, people were attributing that to like zero DTE traders, it's like just selling premium every day and all. And they were keeping a governor on near term, like weekly vol, right? And that's changed a little bit, I would say, in like the last you know, week or so, especially coming out of the holiday. And then the VIX is sort of like, you would need to see, the VIX started to creep up from the lows, you know, the last few days, but you would need to see some headlines, like some macroeconomic headlines and all, or some, you know, when was the last time we had that? Like the bank, you know, the, the regional bank crisis. Yeah. No, definitely. And one thing I clearly see is just, uh, you know, if you're expecting to see this downturn, I, I, at least I don't think the VIX is showing us that uh, for a forward looking kind of outlook there. But like always, you guys can keep up with all of this. Check out toolsoptionsai.com if you haven't done so in the past. Anything that we need to know about Option AI that they might not know of right now, CC, is there any good specials yeah, couple, going on? A couple of things. A lot of the things we talked about, like you can go on to the free tools. Mm -hmm. and use those and you can go you know you can see the expected move charts you can also go down to the earnings tab which will be really helpful and that'll show you like what what i was talking about like the last eight reports and like what it moved and like what it's you know and then 
Um, on top of that, the we are in the app store, our brokerage app, nice. and it's super cool. And if anybody, you, and you have to be a you have to be in the U.S., but if anybody wants to go check that out, that is in the app store right now. And we're you open up an account and fund it with like one dollar, we give you twenty five dollars. That's what I like to hear. There, well, there you guys heard it first. There, <laughs> don't do dollars right there. Don't do one dollar. I'm just saying <laughs> it, there's no minimum. <laughs> All right. Well, there you guys got it. CC Legator, thank you for coming on today. We'll definitely have you back, my friend. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Let's get to it. Of course, we're going to get some numbers here. Go PPI wide. coming in here. And yes, Dennis, go wide. Maybe just pull my offers and leave my bids. That might be the way <laughs> we'll to play the market here because they're buying dips anyway. So yeah. leave your dips. So if it dips off the bat, you want to be long. If it rips, it just keeps ripping. So pull your offers, leave your bids. That might be the way to play it. All, All right. right. So. We'll find out momentarily. Five seconds away. Pre-market high, 2575. Folks, I told you, I didn't see much resistance in this market. On a dip. Let's see what happens. There's a little dip. Algo jumpers. Preview numbers here. PPI is 0.4 consensus year over year. Prior 1.1. The month over month number is 0.2. When we get the core year-over-year year outlook is at 2.7 prior being 2.8 let's see what we get today team yeah there we go all right wow. month over month numbers Good. already coming in here you Light. guys see it we're getting it quick ppi month over month 0.1 versus 0.2 uh the core ppi at 0.1 versus 0.2 estimates so a little bit light there yeah. that should help the market and yeah. a lot of people take a look at ppi like the leading indicator and CPI is more of a lagging indicator. So let's see if the market takes off here. I don't think find the out. market knows because CNBC is just doing a Iger interview for us one straight hour. Yeah, Iger has been up. They, on they're for trying a while. to go. They're like, I think this could be the Musk interview. So they're like giving her here. They're like, oh yeah, favorite comes on, then we can re and we get all this, you know. So we don't even care about the PPI data or anything like right now, hey, which I'll, is absurd. I'll but. tell you right now. Well, the year over year number. Light June 0.1 versus 0.4 estimate prior that 0.9. So at least a year over year number, really good. Initial jobless claims coming in at 237,000 versus 250,000. Seems like jobless claims will never get higher, but that's just from what we're seeing out there. Uh, PPI coming in pretty light today. Yeah, we'll talk and Disney for a second here. Do you want to talk Disney? Yeah, because the PPI, we haven't even moved, so we'll move away from the PPI here for now. Let's talk Disney for a second. Let's go. It's Iger, already getting hit. We just said Iger's on CNBC for yeah. an hour here. But he announced officially, so the news last night, give us that money, Mitch, because it looks like Iger's staying on. Yep. Disney, Disney is extending news. CEO Bob Iger's contract through 2026. And so, of course, uh, he is doing an interview right now. He's been on since 8 a.m. So he's still on? It's 8.32, man. Boy, this is not Musk, guys. CNBC producers, this is not (laughs) Elon Musk. Musk. It's not worth an hour of your time here. I know the Musk interview is fascinating. You're not going to get the same results off this Iger interview. This is a mistake. Maybe we should be the producers over there or helping them out a little bit, but we do the better content over here at Benzinga. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is a waste of time, an hour with Iger. That's just dumb, in my opinion. Um, Musk was awesome that interview though Faber so you do you do do a great job it's just the wrong person not Iger and I think this is the wrong person for Disney here as well so Disney Iger's been there for how long when did he come year and a half ago (laughs) execution has lacked here significantly I don't think another two years of Iger is what Disney needs the stock has popped on this one 
because oh we got the big cnbc interview and people are you know getting ahead of that and to oh yeah yeah now we have certainty you know certainty but you know on you know you, you look at everyone else you know like think about you know other you know businesses and, and you know think about like travel right now think about what has been happening with travel you got cruise lines should be off going airlines blasting off and they're telling me the parks are at like multi-year lows that's what they're telling us right now disney's doing something oh. wrong Execution. spending less on content cutting Execution? on espn terrible it just doesn't seem like any part of the business is looking good no disney plus I not looking good espn not looking good we already know hulu is just kind of a, a, a nothing burger there already this is a mistake to just leave Iger, and it's telling me maybe they don't have anybody else for the job so that he's sticking on they haven't found the right person for the job so we'll just keep well, going with Iger. but i just think there's so many issues here so the stock up on this now 60 cents up this i think this is actually bad news for the stock so i'm making a bold call here but i think disney goes red on this eventually because i just think like Look at the lack of performance here. And now you're going with the same person that hasn't got you out of this mess. I mean, with cruise lines and airlines killing it, and Disney, the crowds at the parks are at multi-year lows. I mean, I've been trying to be bullish Disney for a long time here. This move does not make me bullish Disney. So I know it's sitting at the lows. I know if you do valuation and looking forward, it doesn't look that expensive. But man, they are just not firing on any cylinders. There's Delta that's firing on all cylinders, and there's Disney that's firing on none. And now you tell me I gotta have two more years of this guy. I mean, again, Iger has got the history here, but right now, whatever Iger is doing is not working. So we need to like change it up. I don't want two more years of Iger. It makes me not want to buy the stock. And they need something. I don't. I don't know what it. I mean, it's. I mean, the way they're getting rid of uh, pe people at uh, ESPN, uh, Disney Plus. It just. It just seems like, like something major, and like getting a new CEO would be something major here. But uh, they're they're not doing it here. Uh, Disney. We looked at the chart. There's really not much to say about it. It, it hasn't participated with its peers at all. Uh, but you know what I want to do real quick, since we're talking about Disney, uh, what about, what about the other, the other parks? Uh, how are they doing? Well, Comcast, uh, what, maybe. No, no. Well, what's, uh, well, you what's, can look at like six flags if you want. Maybe six. it's, you know, an issue like the six flags is not, does it give them a little well. bit of a help, but yeah, the, you can look at Cedar fun, fun Cedar fair, fun, fun, fun. Yeah. See, it's oh. Cedar point there. We know Sandusky, Ohio, Cedar point. Sea That's World. fun. They're not doing Can't great move. either. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's different experiences. Maybe people are seeing yeah, no. the same old thing. Like I go to Cedar Point, I'll go to SeaWorld, I go to Disney World. Maybe people are looking to do different stuff. And and maybe that is the issue here because it's a good point, Joel. Yep. SeaWorld's not doing great. Stock's not doing great. Fun is not looking good. I mean, there's a lot of things that you think travel's doing so well right now. Why are these stocks not killing it? But they're not. So there's something else happening with the consumer here. And, you know, hearing that the parks, you know, like the lines, you know, makes you kind of want to go if the lines you know are short. You know what could but, also be I mean, affecting That's not these... good for your stock. What could also be affecting these stocks is minimum wage increases, right? So in 23 of April, um, on April 20th, uh, there was an increase of the minimum wage from $15 to $18 that, for full-time workers. Yeah. 
at Walt at Walt Disney World. And I think this is playing a factor for all of these, right? Maybe even Six Flags, right? They have to pay their employees more, which takes away from their margins. And so where will Disney make up for it? Well, you see the ticket prices going higher. Eventually that does what to the demand? It starts to hurt the demand also. So, well, I mean, what is it for a ticket? Let's go look. Oh, I'm it's going excessive, to World. man. Magic Kingdom, one day pass. Help me out, Google. Someone's, I think someone said 300 yeah. bucks. No, can't be that. For 2022, it was at uh, 109 and maxed okay. out at 189. And that was in 22. So, 189 gets you some extra perks or something? It's 124 to 189 is the current prices, but I don't know what the difference is. So obviously maybe 124, maybe the 189 gives you like park hopping or something. I don't know. But yeah, it went from 109 to going up to 121 on the cheapest one. It's not cheap. And we know that. But again, people have been paying it. You know, and the parks had been doing really well, but they're starting to, you know, not do well here. So there's some issues. There's some issues here at Disney. And I guess, you know, they think Iger is the person to still clean it up and then hand it over once he cleans it up. But I just don't know if I agree with that. I, I And that's why, you know, I'm somewhat skeptical of this up move here this morning in Disney. Again, you know, they, we're in this bull market. It's hard to be bearish stocks, you know, because everything just seems to go up. And here's a stock that hasn't went yet. Like, here's a stock that's sitting on the lows. Here's a stock, if it wasn't Disney, that we'd probably be like, yeah, this one could have a catch-up trade here. But now you announce the same stuff. I would have rather seen like some cool, like you said, young blood or something coming in. We're mixing it up because, you know, the new Star Wars content was not good. None of the new Star Wars movies were good. <laughs> Seven, eight, and nine were a disaster. I don't know if that was under Iger, but um, I just don't see, you know, Iger's been there for what? It has to be over a year, a year and a half. Yeah, now. it did get that big pop. I'm trying to look. Um, it's got to be I, a year here at least. He's been I here. bet you it was, was it August of 2022? Because that, you got that ridiculous pop. Maybe. I think, so maybe yeah. we haven't given Iger enough time. Maybe we're being too hard on Iger. You can't turn a ship around in one year, but I just don't see anything getting better. And, you know, when you hear the parks at, you know, multi-year lows in attendance, it makes me very, very scared. And I don't know if that's accurate or true, but that's what was being reported. So makes me scared. So I mean, I do look, love the 90 level on Disney. I think there's a technical, you know, I think you've got some support here, but it just doesn't feel like the headline to drive us going higher. I'd rather have seen something else. I'll wrap up with some facts there. Of course, uh, just a little fact. Uh, Iger returned in Disney in November. Um, so he's been there since okay. November. Maybe not long enough. And, Maybe we're being too um, hard on him, Joel. One thing that I'll talk about, though, this isn't the first time that he gets extended on his tenure, right? On four different occasions between 2013 and 2017, he extended his tenure. So it looks like this has happened plenty of times in the past. They just don't know who is, I guess, good enough, like Iger, to take over. I mean... I, I, I think don't they don't have anybody else. They don't have anybody. They don't, at least in their minds, the board, there's nobody better than Iger right now. That's what it is. They and, just and, don't until have they find that person, to go. They're, they're probably going to be struggling. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. All right, let's go to the disaster stock of the day. Viasat shares sinking nearly 20% in extended trading after the company revealed an issue in its recently launched communication <laughs> satellites. And we're talking about VSAT, ticker VSAT, and definitely taking a hit. It sat down, all right. 
I don't know anything about this company other than obviously it's in the satellite business and obviously not doing very good at it. If their not satellite good, they recently man. launched doesn't work. Um, well, it just had some, some issues, right? And then that's the part that's the part of launching satellites into space that you got to be careful with, right? I mean, they could run into some issues getting it up there, right? And now that it's already up there, go with what do SpaceX. Got to go with Musk. Maybe they do. Yeah, that, that might have been. What did they use to go up? Could be something to play off sympathy here. I don't know. They use like maybe like a rocket lab rocket to get it up there. I got to do a little bit more research on that. But that's something that I would just maybe look at. Huge support of thirty dollars. I knew you were gonna say that. I do. Enormous. This is the Harlan. (laughs) Joe's like, look at your ninety. I can tell it weekly. (laughs) And what level jumps out at you? Thirty jumps out at you hard. I would think it's gonna bounce at thirty. Now nothing is in stone. Nothing always works. But I would think there's a hard support at thirty. Yeah, all, the, right. all the monthlies are there. I'll just give you, I mean, right now, someone's got a step-down seller here ever since the news came up. They took a little break, uh, but they came right back at it at 4 a.m., trading at the lows of the pre-market session. And then uh, uh, Dennis is mentioning here, here are your monthly lows, 29.36, 29.91, uh, and also even a couple, actually a cu- another monthly low here at uh, 32. So we'll see what happens happens if it gets down to that area but there's not one month not two months but three months about just about four months that uh you take that level so is this helping out any other companies that uh no, might I, be on the other end of this is this pretty uh, just uh specific? I, I just don't see space as being like the the hot area maybe you can take a look at spce but i, I yeah how did that do that? After the um pops and drops right yeah. Pops and drops, not the area that I want to be thinking about. We're back, Mitch. We're back at support at 350, 360. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've been down here multiple times. I mean, it it doesn't look too bad. But the the truth is, is do I want a company that makes money by tourism in space? Not what I want, at least. Uh, There's a lot of other opportunities, I feel like. But hey, to each his own, right? And that's the opportunity you guys like. Let's go to PepsiCo as they reported earnings also adjusted to... $2.09 $2.09 beat the $1.96 estimate. Sales of $22.32 billion beat the $21.73 billion estimate. They raised fiscal year 23 outlook. That's giving them a little bit of a lift here. But is this a company we're looking at? What do you guys think? Oh, no. Consumer staple. I mean, I think, I think there's overhead supply even on these stocks here now. It's like, again, 2.7%. What's the growth here? I mean, is there huge growth? I highly doubt it. I haven't looked at the Pepsi. fundamentals. But, you know, what's the earnings? So earnings, they beat. Yeah, it was a good quarter. They beat. But, I mean, it's a consumer staple. Again, I'd rather be in treasuries and consumer staples. If I'm coming into this market, I'm coming for an AI story. I'm coming for growth. I'm coming in to make 40 50% on a stock, not making 5 10%. Because if I can make 5 percent risk-free right now so i'm not entering stocks looking for five or six percent popped 188.40 uh had been in a downtrend here pretty heavy downtrend since making that new all-time high in may um i like i like this 188 area i mean it's even uh exact high at 188 so we'll see if we can open at that area 
I think anything above 188 today would be gravy on the upside. You are getting into a big bar, but uh, I'd focus on that uh, for longs. Not buying it up here either, up 433, 113,000 shares have traded, but three tops, almost four tops in that area uh, back in June. So we'll keep an eye on that. Coca-Cola, same kind of chart. <laughs> it's getting a little pop off this one, up 43 cents. Selling uh, a rep on Coke. Yeah, Keurig, <laughs> Dr. Me. Pepper. Ooh, what else do we have? What else? You know what? Um, if you're going to buy... Uh, have you seen this? You, you, Celsius? Exactly. You're buying Celsius. You, you, you got Celsius. momentum. You got, that's got a Celsius you, yesterday. Right here, baby. Let's go. Oh, Sparkling man, guava. You, you've got growth. You've got a story. You've got, you know, a stock near a 52-week high in consolidation station looking like it's ready to break out to me. I mean, bear market comes Monster back. Stock is running a long ways. But you can put on bad. any trade as long as you have your out. I would say on Celsius, I wouldn't want to be long if it fell below <laughs> 140. So you risk yourself 10 bucks here, and you think you're in consolidation station. Maybe this runs another 20 or 30 bucks. It's possible. So oh. I'd say if I'm doing $10 risk, which I would be doing if I bought this at 150 or yeah. 151, I guess it is right now, I'd stop myself out under 140. So you'd want your target to be at least 160. There's a uh, swing uh, trade we just set up for you. I'll do a little uh, tangent here. Uh, I wanted to talk about how, did you guys ever hear about the story with the Harrier jet and the Pepsi points? What? No, you don't know about that story? Well, check so. it out. There's an actual documentary on Netflix about it. It was all about Pepsi, and they did this giveaway that if you got 7 million points, you'd get yourself a Harrier fighter jet. And they eventually did there's this one kid that goes crazy and literally gets the points and he's like well deliver my harrier jet man you said i'd get it if i got seven million points if you guys don't know this jet costs like you know hundreds of millions of dollars it's not like they were actually good plan to get the jet it. no he doesn't get the jet in what? the long run so check it out check it out on netflix it's a wild oh, story just ruined that, but that's crazy you don't get the jet no but check it out it was still really fun to kind of check it out so it's a great documentary to check it out and you might not like pepsi that much afterwards but that's just the heads that's up. brutal he doesn't get the jet i hate pepsi now <laughs> now i want to just go out there in the open market and short the stock right now just because of that story <laughs> I, well, I think I think we're I think we're wearing off on Mitch as far as these uh, tangents It was a factual tangent, unlike yeah. mine, which are you know some some of them. Which is stuff you've dreamed up in your old age. Yeah. All right. I had something. <laughs> All right. Let's let's go to someone that stepped up to the plate today. JP Morgan downgrading Carvana to underweight and oh, announcing a ten dollar oh. price target. Oh. Step up to the plate, JP Morgan. Oh. That is the contrarian call of the year, at least for having guts. I don't know if it's going to be right, but man, do they have guts to make this call here. They're looking at the blow-off top yesterday. I mean, the stock went from 24 to 44 in four days. They're saying a blow-off blow off top, upside capitulation. Mm -hmm. They're reading their charts. I could see what they're looking at, but... That is a bold call to come out with the price target at 10 bucks too oh, and the things man. at 37 or 38.89. Bold call, JP Morgan. I'll give you two thumbs up for the guts. I don't know if I'm going with you or not, but I'd probably stay away from this one because when they're squeezing, these stocks can go anywhere. I'm not sure if the squeeze is over or not, but JP Morgan's trying to put an end to the squeeze. And it's not even at yesterday's low. It's not even at the low from yesterday's session at 35.59. 
So, I mean, it's down 276, couple million shares. Yeah, they <laughs> they get it that I mean, first things, I'm not buying it, but I'm just saying you takes out yesterday's low. Uh, Who's the analyst? Does. Do, we, do we have the analyst? Can you go into the pro? Uh, the yeah, let me name? see if I get the analyst right quick. I got you guys. Just give we me can a go into the pro. Here. We can grab the analyst name. We'll just, I got to give them some kudos just for having guts to make a call like that. Because so many analysts, yeah. like we talk, like 80% of these guys just like Domino's Pizza Lenny, today, yeah. which chase price. So, yeah, thanks oh. for the upgrade here. Meta. Meta gets an upgrade today. I mean, these are all just chasing price. Oh, yeah. Where were you three months ago in this 200? Now it's 313, and now you're upgrading it. So, at least, you know, I love the contrarian calls. I'm a contrarian at heart. And I just like that they have some guts to step out, not just going with the flow. So who is this guy or girl? Ra- Raja Gupta is his name. Uh, and so uh, then we'll see what happens. He stepped up to the plate here. Well, Raja, whether that's a guy or a girl's name, I do not know. But Raja, we like your guts. <laughs> there you go. You guys can uh, give the me an email call today. Of the day. We should start doing a segment. The lemming call of the day and the bold call of the day. The lemming yeah, call of I the mean, day is the meta upgrade for sure. This is definitely a, a, a bold call here. A by bold all call means. of the day goes to Racha from JP Morgan. Right so there, that's why I that's... think we should have a lemming call and a bold call. We're giving, what? we're giving the lemming call to the meta person, and we're giving the bold call. That doesn't mean it's going to be right. It just means it took some guts. What about Alcoa coming back up? To, uh, well, they got that dead wrong. <laughs> we call that too. We're like, this is like uh, that was like really chasing. <laughs> Who was that downgrade three days ago? I don't know. Like, could it turn on the downgrade? And it did. You know, it's just been such in the gutter, and everything is starting to rally. And then you downgrade a stock at its fifty-two week low, going with the trend. Johnny come lately, not having a lot of fun with that call right now. They they well, bottom ticked it. They bottom ticked it. Uh, I'll tell you what's firing on all cylinders. Meta, of That's course. Meta's oh, shares man. are trading higher after TD Cohen upgrades the stock from market perform to outperform and raising its price target from 220 to 345. This is the lemming call of the day. Also reported the company. The we follow everyone else. Oh, everybody yeah. else has upgraded Meta. I better upgrade Meta. Too, I mean, so. Threads is 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 doing some real damage here. And I talked about how you quickly start seeing that advertisers are switching from Twitter to Threads. And what was the front page of CNBC yesterday? Exactly that. Oh, I got well, you know pop. what? Here's the problem with threads. It's like I I went and opened up a threads account and I tweet and I <laughs> threaded whatever you want to call it. I don't know. How, what threaded. do they call threads? I mean, it's weird. You, Tweets you is th- actually cool. I, I don't know. It. I threaded it. <laughs> so threaded I threaded it. three things and I never looked at it like I threaded again something the other day. But I mean, I never really logged in again. So I'm like, it's going to be hard because. Like, I don't want to rebuild that following or have to try to rebuild that whole following there. So it's like the influencers almost got to start. Not that I'm an influencer, but, you know, I've got 20,000 followers, so I don't want to rebuild to 20,000. Imagine you're like, you know, somebody with a million followers or two million followers. You really want to sit there and try to rebuild that when you already have it built in Twitter. I think they'll have a problem. I think a lot of people will sign up off the hop, but I'm just not sure, like, you're going to get everybody to switch over and stop tweeting and start threading because I'm going to thread to 130 people when I can tweet to 20,000. I mean, unless you link them up and you just do both, which maybe people are going to do, I kind of just just gravitated directly back to Twitter and I didn't look at threads again. And I put the notifications on my threader. I even eliminated that now. 
So I'm like, I could see me even deleting the app. Like, I don't know if I'm just going to become a threader unless, you know, everybody moves over there. I just think we've got such, you know, we've built such a community on Twitter. It's not that quick to just take that away. So I think everybody's giving, you know, too much credit to Meta for this threads. Uh, I think they both are worthless. Uh, three fifty. <laughs> you tweet, Joel. You're a tweeter. I see. Yeah, I mean, I there. Yeah, <laughs> no, I would no, miss Twitter. I won't miss Threads if they. No, no more, no more no mean tweets. No matter how much people try and. Uh, we gotta stop. Yeah, it. no mean. You, that, that's the rule of life. No mean. Be tweets, nice, man. I, no I need to be tweets. more nice. I need to start being nicer. Three fifteen seven. Sorry, Lemming, meta guy. Uh, 315.70 was your uh, pop here this morning just before 6 a.m. Leaking now, three bucks on this one. S&P's leaking just a tad. We're seven points off the uh, the pre-market high. No big deal at all. But uh, you can use that target uh, if you want at 315.70. If you're looking to buy this thing on a gap fill, you got to get down to 309.45. I, I think you got a better chance of getting down to that 310 area than you do testing that pre-market high. All right. I, I didn't want to have to come back to Disney, but there is some kind of developments that are going through there. So I'll just bring them. Sure. Um, didn't want to stay on it so long, but of course we're getting new developments. So Disney said that it's held early conversations to find a new strategic partner for ESPN. Uh, Disney also opened to selling and spinning out legacy cable network and ABC. And this is something that I've been pointing to that you're seeing from a lot. Um, remember I talked about it earlier in the week about charter communications and how they started switching over and they're trying to do like sport like tiers and things like this. I think we finally can really say that the consumer has cut the cord. And this shows also that, right? That, Hey, if they're trying to spin that out, there's a reason why. They just don't see it profitable anymore to have these networks. What I think is important is Disney. Just pull all your content off cable television and put it on Disney+. Plus. Make it exclusive. They that's what they have to it. do. That's what they have to do. They that's what they I gotta, think is the only gotta, move here. Yeah, they got to – I mean, it, it's just, you know, the content and uh, the competition is just like – Maybe, but I guess they they tried kind of tried that with Disney Plus. They got a I don't know. I think the sports. I think right now they got a they can figure out that ESPN because people still love their sports and that's the that's still getting some traffic. I, mean, I think they ruined their people right and, right and left there. Uh, but um, did we do the nuts? Should, I think with the movies too, when they're making new movies, they should go straight to Disney Plus and charge like twenty nine bucks. Like that's what they're doing on some of the movies. I think they should do that more. Go straight to Disney Plus with your new movies because they can make some good content. Yeah, the content has sucked in the last little while, but they can make some good content. I think you start like going, pay for you know your, your new movie that they're dropping hundred million on. Throw yeah. it straight to Disney Plus. Skip the middleman. Take all the money. Watch it on Earth. I think that's maybe you know the way I would go, but we're not running it. That's the truth. All right, Joel, you said you wanted to maybe just do fast real quick. Yeah, yeah, the nuts and bolts of the economy. All right, fast uh, EPS came in at 52 cents versus priors of 50 cents. Sales of 1.88 billion missed 1.89 billion estimate. I don't really trade fast, so I'll kick it to you guys. 
they bought the dip. We talked about this a little bit earlier, you know, underneath demand, pre-market low, 56.37. Uh, also had uh, lining up with a daily low. Uh, you lined up with your June 23rd low and your June 21st low. So there's a good level for you. If we come back down uh, on the upside, when, you know, you trade that deep in the red, your closing price, if they can rally us, I think you find sellers ahead of that close at 58.73. So trading in the red, but a buck off the pre-market low. All right, let's uh, wrap it up here. It's eight fifty-six. We'll start to wrap up. Joel, how do you see the market overall? What yeah, levels? It's eight fifty-six. We, we could do. Uh, we could do. Uh, we could do yeah, one more here. Some, we could, Why don't we do some ticker time here? All right. What do you guys got out there? What do you got? I saw earlier a question was asked to you, Joel, and it was particularly to you. It was about First Solar. I, first I played solar? this yesterday to the upside as just a day trade. Um, I know that Dennis with a good call on ENPH yesterday. Yeah. Um, that also got going. We've started yeah, to see still energy going. coming back. Um, so I think that with energy continuing to the upside, that's what I'm going to be looking for, for solar to continue the lift. Okay. All right. Uh, not much as far as resistance goes here. Uh, up trading up only nine cents. I mean, really the only thing you have to go with is the high from yesterday. Uh, 196.79. Get up there. Maybe you make a run at 200. Uh, on the downside here, if uh, yesterday's low, whew, boy, this thing is volatile. I think uh, with old market conditions staying the same, if you want to own this thing, uh, you're going to have to find a, uh, a potential bid quite a ways ahead of uh, yesterday's low at 190.54. So uh, that's what I'm, I'm seeing. I'm seeing someone also asked about um, AMD. Uh, okay. Is uh, how's AMD looking here? I just would say uh, it really hasn't participated over the last couple of days, uh, peaking on that expiration day at uh, oh, uh, well, a little bit before that at 132.83. I keep a close eye on 115.40 right now. That's where we're trading. That's yesterday's high, 15.40 and 15.33. The next target on the upside, 117.66. Uh, what else do we got uh, pouring in here? I, I think um, a good one to talk about is Pan W. Remember yesterday, Microsoft's mention of them getting into cybersecurity, really affecting cybersecurity stocks. Yeah. Um, you saw all of them take a hit yesterday. Yeah. Pan W take a seat back. I'm looking for maybe 50% retracement of the recent move. But that's just a, a good old Joel O'Connor and Dennis. Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a candle there. that catches a lot of people. And it was on yeah. news. And it was on competition from somebody you don't want competition from. It's Microsoft. So sure. that's not good news. Dip is getting bought. I think I'd be a seller over 240s, though, for the same reason. Mitch, I think you may see another move to the downside here. I don't yeah. like I don't know if that's, you know, is that like official or is that rumors that Microsoft's going to get into? I, I, I didn't read the headline. But I mean, Microsoft competition um i don't want i don't want competition from microsoft or apple they just have too deep of pockets yeah i think to get ha i mean you just hit uh let's just call it like 30 point move here so you'd really need to get up like the 246 247 um in order to uh get halfway back of that move uh what i'd be looking i mean you can sell in the strength right now but i think if you if you take out that uh that low from yesterday not too far away four bucks away I don't see much, only one daily low uh, at 229 and then 
that 220 to 230 area looks pretty wide open. So they hit that. They also hit uh, CrowdStrike, CRWD. That had a bad day, getting a small bounce. You don't want to see these things going going red on the session. Uh, Zscaler, that's getting a pop too. So uh, Zscaler is it. one that's some of these are lower components in the QQQ. So we do have to keep in mind the rebalancing here. It is, you know, important. We are going to get the official announcement here tomorrow. So, and we know, and again, I'm just going to reiterate this market anticipates nothing because it's algorithmic driven and the programmers who are behind that probably didn't program in there to announce, to, you know, account for the special rebalance that's happening, going to be announced tomorrow. So I would not be surprised if actually Tesla and NVIDIA and all those stocks actually went down on the news, which is insane because we all know the news, but Mm -hmm. just this market so algorithmic driven simplicity is just working for humans if you can just simplicity anticipate a headline i've made money doing this for a lot of years the simple thought process you know the barbie trade you know chris camilo all over that i mean mat the barbie trade well look at mat the simplicity some simple strategies are shockingly efficient they're shockingly good and they're even better than they used to be i mean Mattel's coming out with a Barbie movie. It's really gonna, you know, make a lot of girls want to go like Barbie. I'm dolls. ready for it to disappoint. I'll literally tell you that much. Eighteen twenty-two. <laughs> we are up here, huge into this, huge into this. That's When's just, it coming out? I think it's July twenty-fourth. I think the yeah the twenty no, first. Twenty-first. Let me just check right quick. 21st? I think it was the twenty-first, but twenty-first. Uh, yeah, July twenty-first. I wasn't too wrong. It I already changed. premiered though in Los Angeles on July 9th. Just to kind of put that out there. All right, uh, 22, uh, right on the kit. Well, 22.03 yesterday's high. So, looks like we're opening up at the top of uh, Monday's or top of uh, Wednesday's range. SP, hey, just real quick. Now, one before oh. you go, uh, TTD so announced it will replace Activision Blizzard in the NASDAQ 100. Oh, but, but you know what's interesting here, though, is it's not done yet. The deal you got the rumors last night, Bloomberg's gonna charge. Did a new headline come out? Did they are they that Bloomberg has said that the FTC will challenge the Activision deal? So it looks like, and Microsoft oh, is disappointed man. the FTC for continuing to pursue their weak case. So, you know, I don't know if this, I think eventually this deal is going to get pushed through anyways. But interesting, they're already kicking ATBI out. And the deal is not done yet because the FTC is still challenging the deal. The saga yeah. continues here. Looks like it's done. No, no, FTC. Well, that's uh, rumors they, yet. That, not that, official that, announcement. That, Bloomberg yeah. rumoring last night that the, uh, that the FTC will challenge the Activision Microsoft deal. All right, I'm going to hop thing... off here, Mitch. I'll let yeah, you yeah, uh, you guys take it the rest of the way and uh, back with you later on. All right, guys, stick around. What's happening with Amazon here? Oh, largest <laughs> Prime Day ever. So Who's you talking have about the official... Prime? Again, the market, the price is in absolutely Salute. nothing. Nothing. Oh, my goodness. Amazon had their best Prime Day ever. Bye, 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 bye. I'll go bye, 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 bye. This market, just get ahead of the simplicity. It's bubbles, here. man. This is the bubble it's not even about bubbles, Mitch. Man. It's about just common sense. Well, the market has none. Goldilocks. Let's call it Goldilocks. It's straight of Goldilocks. Anything to the positive is viewed as extremely positive right now, so, it seems so my, like. So the headline released here at 9 a.m. from The Wire, first day of Prime Day was the single largest sales day ever on Amazon, helping make this the best prime day ever did we <laughs> actually think 
that Amazon wasn't going to have their best day ever. People are buying stuff all over the place. I mean, oh, anyways, I guess they thought, you know, I guess this market didn't think that. It's up 2% right now. So just buy it ahead of Prime Day and you sell it now, I guess. I'm long Amazon, full disclosure. Yeah, it was a it was an e- a really nice easy trade, especially when you get a nice little drop out the gates on Monday. Well, that was a nice little opportunity there, uh, knowing that Prime was coming up the very next day. Right? I think those types of things we got to catch. All right, that's gonna do it for us here uh, on pre market prep. Like always, you guys can catch Dennis Dick Triple D Trader. I do want to tell you guys what we have later today. We got a huge virtual event today ai and the future we'll have qualcomm's president ceo we'll have a bunch of different opportunities that you guys can be looking in of course the growing space that's ai right now if you guys want to go ahead and learn more covered topics such as ai and business transfer uh transformation ethical ai ai and data privacy and of course the future of work with ai Come catch that later today at 11 a.m. You don't want to miss that, team. It's going to be a really good show. Of course, I'm going to be doing multiple interviews, so I want to see you guys there. And like always, right, one thing with AI that we need to do is we need to really look inside these companies and see how they're using AI. If you want to find out some great opportunities, I'll see you guys on at 11 a.m. Up next, we got, of course, live trading that will get you over to that event. So if you guys want to see some live trading action from Ryan Faluna and myself, let's go get after it. I had a really nice day yesterday, even traded smaller names like RXRX. Let's see what we can get into today. And let's see. I'm I'm ready. Uh, I've been doing pretty good bouncing back in the Moomoo account. Really nice trade there on Warner Brothers earlier in the week mentioned right here on pre-market prep, of course. I'll see you guys over on live trading and at the AI event later today at 11. Smash the like. Let's get it going, team.